And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're with Lamb Lion Ministry. We thank you for being part of today's program that we have titled Ready Watchmen. As we look at the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, so I want to invite you to get your Bibles ready and follow along with us. Hey, if you're following us on social media, we'd love for you to share with your friends and family about this program so they can follow along as well. Oh, but before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. Uh, it's a very important message you have for us about being watchmen in these difficult times. And so, Lord, we pray you'll speak through your word so we may understand you and your will better. Bless our time, Lord. Bless all those who've tuned in. We thank you so much for each and every one of them. In your wonderful name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Again, you're tuned into our Truth to Set You Free Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista Nathan Jones with Lamb Lion Ministry. Again, our topic is that already watchmen. So stay tuned and follow along with us for today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, it's great to be on with you again. Hey, brother, it's the highlight of the week. We always have a lot of wonderful time, Nathan, together, especially uh, during these wonderful seasons of summer. Here in Daytona Beach, it hit almost 100 degrees, but that's nothing compared to you in Texas, right? No, it's been 100 degrees. Uh, it's normal for summer, but we don't have that beautiful ocean air. Of course, you guys get all <laughs> the hurricanes. We just get all the tornadoes. So I'm looking forward to Millennial Kingdom when I don't think we're going to have any of this freak weather anymore. I am right there with you. We'll all be in a perfect paradise. <laughs> yes, where one of my favorite verses is about how it's picturesque of the millennial kingdom. And the Lord says that every man and woman will sit under their own vine and they will have no reason to be afraid. Paraphrasing. Uh, just a thought that, you know, you, you kind of picture a little house on the prairie scene, right? You're sitting under the tree. You got a got a hay, hay stalk in your mouth, your hands behind your head. Uh, you know, you're watching the ducks go by. You don't have to worry about bandits or nuclear weapons or or crooks. It's just a peaceful, wonderful time. It's probably not 100 degrees unless that part of the world gets that warm again. But I think the whole world will be more, more uh, where the temperature is throughout the earth. You know, I, I think we're going to get back to that Garden of Eden thing where the whole earth is is like a garden and uh, just have a peace, man. I am so looking forward to that. Nathan, that is so true. That is one of the things that the world around us lacks oftentimes is peace. Uh, that's why we bring these programs to encourage people so that they will know what 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 is the future that is there for them in Jesus Christ. And uh, so it's exciting. Nathan, also some wonderful things happen uh, uh, with the ministry, some events and conferences. For someone who's new to the program, can you share with them how they can get a hold of us and um, some of the materials? And, uh, and opportunities that they can have through the ministry. Okay, well, if you're new to The Truth Will Set You Free, then welcome. We're so glad you joined us on our podcast. It's a podcast outreach of Lamb and Lion Ministries. Dr. Batista and myself are evangelists here, along with our founder, Dr. David Reagan, and our director, Tim Moore. 
and uh, our new teaching evangelist, Dave Bowen. So the evangelism team continues to grow. There's also Patrick Oliver. So we praise uh, the Lord for this ministry because since 1980, our mission is to, been, is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. So we do that a number of different ways, primarily through our television program called Christ in Prophecy, which is now airing in its uh, let's see, 21st season. Wow. And, uh, of course, our podcast, which Vic and I have been doing since 2010, praise the Lord. Uh, but most people can check us out through our website at ChristInProphecy.org or downloading our Lamb Lion app. And there we'll have a wealth of information, articles, blogs, videos, newsletters, social media, you name it. We want to help you understand the end times, that the Lord Jesus is coming back, and get you excited that he's coming back. So check us out, ChristInProphecy.org. Nathan, thank you for sharing that. Yes, it's been an, a wonderful journey sharing through God's word together for many years. And uh, we also have listeners that have been with us uh, for many years. So those of you that uh, listen and tune in via pray.com or social media, uh, we again welcome you and thank you for supporting us in prayer and uh, growing in your relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. Nathan, one of the fun books that you and I have been journeying through is actually the book of Ezekiel. And it's a fascinating uh, book, uh, and it's just filled with amazing prophecies, things of past, things of future, and things that are yet to come. And uh, in the middle of this book somewhere here, we've landed on a very interesting chapter, which is chapter 33, where suddenly it speaks about the title of um, Ezekiel, and is that of a watchman. You and I know how important it is and the great responsibility of individuals that look out uh, for danger and the lookout for us that are in our best interest. So the responsibility of a watchman, if you will, is one that is very important, especially as we talk about Bible prophecy. Yeah, a watchman back in the old days when you had walls around your city to keep out the invaders, the watchman would stand upon the walls and look out each in their assigned direction. And their job, if they saw trouble coming, was to obviously warn the town. Uh, kind of like Paul Revere back in the American Revolution. You know, he ran and uh, said, the British are coming, the British are coming. So these watchmen and at the time that Ezekiel was, was saying, the Babylonians are coming, the Babylonians are coming. And it's an analogy that should hit really hard to the people in Jerusalem, because at the time that Ezekiel was recording this, Israel was, uh, Jerusalem in particular, was under siege by the Babylonians. The Lord, as we'd read in previous chapters, declared an end to Israel, then Judah, and then Jerusalem for its continuing rebellion against him. Nebuchadnezzar had come in twice and taken away the people. There'll be one last time in 586 BC where he'll exile the Jewish people out of the land. And for 70 years, they will know exile because those are the, the 70 times they skipped the, the year of Jubilee. And so the Lord is going to punish them for that. He's going to get rid of those who we read in previous chapters were heinously evil, and he's going to bring a believing remnant back to Jerusalem to rebuild it and reestablish it. And that pattern that we read about in Ezekiel's time is happening in our day and age. We are living in a time of great iniquity, of great evil, where we as Christians are the watchmen on the wall calling people to repent and turn to Jesus. They're not listening. The Babylonians are coming. In other words, the uh, Antichrist and his kingdom is coming upon this earth. The Lord will purge all the evil, and then he will return, defeat these enemies, and set up his kingdom of peace and righteousness and justice. And so the believing remnant will come back and resettle the world like it's resettled in Jerusalem. So uh, this 
what we're reading here has incredible prophetic meaning. Nathan, and I love the way that you share that because that is something that is very important as individuals uh, tune into this program and as they read Ezekiel with us. Uh, it's a great responsibility when you are a watchman, when you are uh, looking out for others, when, when you yourself have to be ready in order to be able to uh, help others get ready. Imagine a watchman or a guard, if you will, or a soldier that is supposed to falling asleep on the job. He's, he's not going to be much uh, help to anyone. Ezekiel here was called to be ready to blow the trumpet. In other words, he was to sound the alarm of what was going to be coming in the future. It reminds me, Nathan, in Matthew chapter 24, uh, verses 42 through 44, speaking of Jesus' return and regarding the end times, also how we are all called to be ready, to be watchful, to be attentive, to be sober-minded, if you will. Because again, Jesus speaking says, uh, regarding that, watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. Uh, Matthew 24, verse 43, but know this, that if the master of the household knew what hour the thief will come, he will have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour where you do not expect. And Ezekiel was saying, Nathan, that there was a, a judgment coming to blow the trumpet, that people needed to be ready, that a sword was coming, and that we find, like, most of the time, Nathan, some people will heed the call, and others will totally ignore it. Oh, yeah. Just at our own time, if you remember 9-11, I was supposed to fly from Delaware to Kentucky, and 9-11 happened. I think most of us who were alive at that time remember what it was like when it happened, and they canceled the flight. So for three days, you looked up at the sky. There wasn't a single contrail up there. And I had to delay my flight. And uh, as a nation, it looked like we were going to have a national repentance. The churches swelled and, and the, the people were calling out in repentance and calling for God for help. But, but as you remembered, about two, three months later, it's like everybody just hit the snooze button and rolled back over in their spiritual lethargy again. And, and you're right. And fortunately... Even with danger coming, most people would rather bury their head in the sand and pretend it's not. So the watchman's job is a thankless job for the most part. <laughs> in some ways, right, Nathan? <laughs> and that's why, actually, that's what we look in Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel here is going to be warning individuals, and we're just called to do our job, be responsible, and then it's up to the others uh, to do what they're going to do with that message. But we looked at Ezekiel chapter 33 there, and uh, again, we notice in verse 3, it says, when he sees the sword coming, uh, on the land, if he blows the trumpet, speaking of the watchman, and warns the people, verse 4, then whoever hears the sound of the trumpet and does not take warning, if the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be on his own head. So again, Nathan, you and I and others, we're called uh, to put the call out there. Here's what's, here's what's going on. And if people choose to turn their backs and not listen, like the Bible says, well, then the blood is in their own hands. Right. And it's interesting that going on in verse 5, it says, He heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself, but he who takes warning will save his life. And here, here's something that really touched me when we read this last time. He says, But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, and the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes only person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So what there's a warning to the watchman is if, 
hey, you're not going to do your job, then the destruction that comes upon the people, that's your responsibility. But if they don't hear it, then that responsibility is moved off the watchman and on to the listener. And uh, at the time that we recorded our last episode, it was Pride Month. You know, it's so sad we have to call the this Marriage Covenant Month now Pride Month. But uh, I was rather convicted by that, Vic, after we had talked about the, the duties of a watchman. I, I have a, a, my sister's best friend, and um, for years, I think because her daughter at Young expressed interest in other girls, that she really pushed her into lesbianism. She took her to gay pride parades, and I mean, the girl's dressed like a rainbow all the time. Her dorm room is covered like a rainbow. It just seemed like the mother was constantly enforcing it into her daughter that she's a lesbian and not giving her a chance to work through her those confusing early teen years. And as a childhood friend, I mean, I've known, known the mother since third grade. I said, you know, if I'm supposed to be a watchman, then I need to warn her because not only is her actions endangering her daughter, but both her as well. I mean, she claims to be a Christian, and yet here she is pushing pride, and, and God hates pride even more than sexual impurity. So I, I we did a video. Uh, we do these series called Prophetic Perspectives. You can find them on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel. And one of them was about how Pride Month is deadly, how pride goes before the fall. And we also address sexual sin. So I wrote her, and I I was like, you know, you've really been on my heart. I'm so concerned about all this Pride Month stuff you've been been pushing on social media and on your daughter. Could you please watch this video and understand our heart that what you're doing will destroy you and your family? I mean, the sentence for this is hell, right? And so she wrote me back and said, if I find anything uncaring or unloving in the video, I will never be your friend again. Uh, I don't know if she ever watched or not. She never responded. But I felt that I'd done my duty as a watchman. I'd given her the message through the video that, that God doesn't like this, that those who are sexually immoral and prideful and all the other lists of sins who aren't saved are going to hell. I mean, this is a horrible thing. And so as watchmen, as Christians, I felt compelled that I needed to, to, to call her and say, hey, you know, in love, you need to repent because the invaders are coming. Death is at your door and you're letting it take your entire family. So I think that it was a good timing uh, with our message last week. And uh, I hope that, I just hope that she heeds it and repents and turns to the Lord and rescues her daughter out of this destructive lifestyle she's in. But brother, I don't know. It sounds like more like when the watchman calls and the people don't listen. I think that's the case here, sadly. Well, Nathan, and again, that's why I was saying that we, we bear a great responsibility uh, in many ways. Sometimes we'll be misunderstood. Sometimes people think that we are uncaring when the reality is we are caring. If we didn't care, we would not be at, we would not go on the limb to share with them the truth. The uncaring thing to do is to not uh, uh, address issues that are unbiblical and sinful and that will end up destroying the family. I think it's actually uncaring to not uh, serve as a watchman when you have opportunity to help people. I am so glad that I had people in my life that God put people in my path that were caring enough that took a risk to come and sort of point certain things that I was doing wrong in my lifestyle. And it gave me opportunity to consider and change. Otherwise, I would have been on that path to destruction. So I'm thankful for people that boldly came to me nicely, gently, and in love and say, hey, man, you know what? That type of behavior really is not biblical. It's not godly. And those are the things that we're talking about. Ezekiel is addressing these issues. He is going to his people and saying, hey, 
guys, you're living in sin. You're turning away from God's commandments. You're turning away from God. God wanted you to be all that you could be. And if you don't turn, here's what's going to happen. And as a matter of fact, Nathan, as we pick it up there in Ezekiel chapter 33, uh, this is amazing because we, we notice here that Ezekiel says uh, in verse 8, and Nathan, I'll read verses 8 um, uh, through 13, and maybe you might be able to pick it up in verses 14 through 20, just in case someone doesn't have a Bible so they can follow along with us. Yeah, if you would, back it up to verse 7, because I don't think we covered 7 yet. Yeah, verse 7. So he says, so you, son of man, I have made you a watchman for the house of Israel. Therefore, you shall hear, notice, a word from my mouth and warn them for me. When I say to the wicked, O wicked man, you shall surely die, and you do not speak to warn the wicked man from his ways, that wicked man shall die in his iniquity. By his blood, I will require at your hand. Nevertheless, if you warn the wicked to turn away from his, from his way, and he does not turn, from his way, he shall die in his iniquity, but you have delivered your soul. Verse 10, therefore, you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus you say, if your transgressions and our sins lie upon us and we pine away in them, how can we then live? Say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure, notice, no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn from your evil ways, for why should you die, O house of Israel? Therefore, you, son of man, say to the children of your people, the righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall because of it the day that he turns from his wickedness, nor shall the righteousness be able to live because of his righteousness in the day of his sin. Notice verse 13, then I saw to the righteous, but he shall surely live. But he trusts in his own righteousness and commits iniquity. None, notice this, none of his righteous works shall be remembered. But because of the iniquity that he has committed, he shall die. Wow. I tell you, that's, that's a powerful passage. But uh, let's keep going because we're going to try to understand here the fairness of God's judgment. Verse 14. Again, when I say to the wicked, this is God speaking, you shall surely die if he turns from his sin and does what is lawful and right. If the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has stolen and walks in the statutes of life without committing iniquity, meaning sin, he shall surely live. He shall not die. Now, we're talking about eternal death here. Now, none of his sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful and right. He shall surely live. Yet the children of your people say, the way of the Lord is not fair, but it is their way which is not fair. When the righteous turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall die because of it. But when the wicked turns from his wickedness and does what is lawful and right, he shall live because of it. Yet you say, the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to his own ways. Hmm. Nathan, isn't it an amazing passage? To me, it's almost common sense. Hey, if you if you abide by the law and you do what's right, you're not going to get a ticket. But if you break the law, well, there's consequences. And pretty much this is I mean, it's almost like standards of life. But yet we find some people seem to have a problem with these very basic standards of life. Yeah, I, and it's hard to 
to understand why people sit there and say, well, the Lord's not fair. Why should he judge me? You know, what have I done? Like, what do you mean? What have you done? You know, just look at the Ten Commandments. If you've lied, you cheated, you've taken the Lord's name in vain, you were dishonorable to your parents, you coveted, uh, you know, all 10 of those, that's the beginning of understanding. The law convicts us and the law shows us what's right and wrong. And we ignore it while we're living in sin. We're iniquity, is, as Ezekiel uses that word here. And uh, the end result is, is that we shall die. But, you know, it's what an opening to understand the heart of the Lord that I love it where he says, I have no pleasure, verse 11, in the death of the wicked. The Lord doesn't want to send people to hell. You know, you hear people that, oh, God's always angry and he wants to send people to hell. Hell was even created for humanity. Matthew tells us it was created for the Satan and his, his demons. But when we sinned, we fell under that judgment. What does the Lord love? What does the Lord rejoice in? How the wicked, they turn from their ways, repent and come to him. I think of the prophet Jonah, if you remember the story of Jonah, where he, the Lord told Jonah, go to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh at the time was the capital of Assyria. They exiled the northern 10 tribes away in 722 BC. They were known as the most evil people in the land. They were, they were like, uh, if you remember ISIS a few years ago, horrifically violent. And the Lord yet had compassion on them and sent a prophet. And even though the prophet didn't want to go, the Lord grabbed a fish, picked him up, brought him back where he should be. And Jonah gave the message and the people repented. And for 150 years, the Lord preserved the Ninevites. Now, again, they fell into sin. They wouldn't repent. And during Nahum's time, they would be destroyed. But it's just fascinating to see that even the worst of us, you know, even if Hitler, now this gets a lot of people unnerved whenever you think of Hitler or Stalin. I mean, these people that have millions of deaths under their belt, even if they repented, the Bible tells us that the Lord would forgive them and they would be saved. So, None of us are as bad as Hitler. So that means that no matter how bad we've been in our lives, the Lord, if we come to him in repentance and ask for forgiveness, he will forgive us and save us. Nathan, and, and that's the beauty about the word of God in the Bible is that it's all about the love of God. And people misunderstand that when we also talk about the judgment of God. Well, if God is righteous, he has to judge sin. And therefore, we find that a righteous God will not allow sin to be tolerated because he loves us so much that he wants to be fair. And that's a wonderful thing if you consider that fact that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all have lied. We all have cheated. Some people say, well, I've never committed a sin. And you mentioned it, Nathan, if you break any of the commandments, uh, that's sinning. You're missing the mark, even if it's once in your lifetime. And if people were honest, they will recognize, yeah, they've in their lifetime have lied or cheated or stolen and oftentimes maybe not outright but in their hearts and in their minds and that's why jesus died at the cross to forget to pay for our sins that if we confess our sins he is faithful to forgive us for all unrighteousness now there might be someone listening to the program nathan who might say vic I have a long list of things that I've done. How can God, can God forgive me? And maybe they'll whip out the list and they think that it's, it's impossible for God to forgive them. But Nathan, it means all, right? When we confess our sins to him. You know, Vic, I, I don't know if it's up to you if you want to share it or not, but why don't you share your testimony? Because I don't think most people realize that, you know, back in your BC days, you were hanging with gangs and, you know, maybe you could share your testimony with us if you feel comfortable with that. 
Well, Nathan, I, I was looking at our time and I wish I had more time, but I have to do it like in a, a little bit of in a nutshell. Most people uh, consider pastors and certain people to be born with a silver spoon in their mouth, right? <laughs> yeah, at least spiritually. <laughs> spiritually, like they've never made any mistakes. They've never done anything wrong. But that's actually the opposite. Some people say that most of the Calvary Chapel pastors were some of the worst people before they became pastors. But, <laughs> but we're actually redeemed by the blood of Jesus and we're forgiven. And that's what makes us righteous, not because we're, we're the best uh, people out there, but we actually are honest in our mistakes and coming to Christ and him forgiving us. So, yeah, Nathan, this actually... Uh, uh, a lot of um, people that have the misconception, and uh, like I said, because of time, I won't have time to share uh, a, a lot more into details, but uh, individuals can can uh, just know that God loves them and that he has a wonderful plan for them. And that's what Ezekiel's message is all about. It's one about, hey, turn and repent. God has a wonderful plan for you. But if you don't turn and if you don't repent, then these are the things that are await you. And uh, it doesn't matter what anyone has done. But Nathan, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. I think that, um, you know, there's a misconception about the word of God. And as watchmen, we'll bring things up that might offend people and they take it the wrong way. But we're called to proclaim the Bible and his truth and the word of God. And if people have a problem with that, then they have a problem with God. Yeah. And, you know, watchmen came into your life. And called you to repentance and you respond and repented and are saved and you know you're a pastor a teacher a professor and the, the you have a godly family you, you can't even tell that you know your bc years ever existed and to the lord he's forgiven and forgotten and yet you hear people all the time saying oh man i'm just i've done too many horrible things i'm a terrible person you know the lord doesn't expect you to clean up your life before you approach him he just wants you to come with a penitent heart and in faith accept him as your Savior and Lord. That's that's the forgiveness, you know. Uh, if Jerusalem had done that during Ezekiel's time, instead they rejected him. Matter of fact, Jeremiah, a, a contemporary of Ezekiel, they threw him in a pit, a big watery cistern, and just put him in there because they didn't want to listen to him. They didn't want to repent, and they got marched away. And not to spiritualize that story, but... It, there's a spiritual application here that our lives are like rebellious Jerusalem. We refuse to listen. We refuse to listen to the watchman and repent and get in that right relationship with the Lord so he may save us from the result of our sins in hell. And uh, it's up to us. Now, if you're a Christian, you're a watchman. Our responsibility is to share the gospel. Whether people listen or not, that's not our responsibility. That's the Holy Spirit's. Well, Vic, uh, you're right. We've got a very little time left. You want a quick share the gospel message before we close? Well, absolutely, Nathan. And that's why I'm so glad you share that because people try to clean up their lives or make themselves perfect. But I oftentimes say people come to the Lord just as you are. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse, verse 7, brethren, I, uh, he says, excuse me, if we, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I call that the Christian bar of soap. First uh, John 1, 9. If we confess, he will clean us and he has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. And whoever you are, all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord. Turn to Jesus wherever you are and just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I want to invite you to come into my heart, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. 
And I want to follow you by faith. And Lord, from this day forth, uh, I'm yours. And Nathan, a simple prayer that if people confess their sins and they turn to Christ and they really mean it in their heart, God will transform them and grant them eternal life. And maybe that's you. You pray that simple prayer. You meant it from your heart. You want more information on how you can grow in your relationship with the Lord. We encourage people to call us or text us, 305-992-9537. We'll give you a Bible and a Bible study guide so you can continue to grow in your relationship with the Lord. And, and that's the start uh, right there. That's how you start that relationship with God. And his Holy Spirit begins to reveal himself to you in an amazing way. And that's why you and I rejoice every week, right, Nathan, when people come to the Lord. Yes. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then please contact us through ChristinProphecy.org. Or what's that phone number again, Vic? 305-992-9537. They can text us as well. Great. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know if uh, the Lord has moved in your heart and you are now saved. Welcome. Uh, we're so glad you can join us in the eternal kingdom of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan. And of course, uh, we thank you for being part of our program. We ran out of time for this segment of the program. Big Batista, Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week.